When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Football Writers Podcast. My name's Mike Calvin. I'm joined by Dave Kidd of The Sun and Tom Hopkinson of The Sunday Mirror. Result just in. Manchester City 3, the rest nil. An unprecedented treble in the men's game at least. So why does it feel so underwhelming? City deserve respect, yet their dominance is corrosive and divisive. A case of being too good for the common good, day. I think when I was watching that cup final on Saturday, you started feeling that way particularly. I mean, it, you know, Watford are a decent side and City absolutely eviscerated them. It was you know, embarrassing in the second half. Uh, it, was sad, it was slightly sad to see. But I would balance that by saying we've just had you know, the tightest and best, most compelling title race in the, in the Premier League era. Um, I think you know, Liverpool have been very, very close to City. You know, you know, as close as you can be, the best runners-up in, in, in the history of English football. Um, where the rest are compared to City and Liverpool uh, is slightly more of a problem. They're an awful long way back and you cannot see anyone else challenging those two next season. But I don't think Liverpool are going anywhere. I think Liverpool are a team built to last. So, I mean, there are an awful lot of you know issues regarding City's finances, um, which you know may end up tainting their achievements if they are found guilty of what they've been accused of. Um, which they deny, by the way. Absolutely. Um, but... Um, at this moment, I think it's slightly too early to say, you know, it's become Scotland, it's become Celtic, they're going to win everything every year. I don't think that's necessarily the case. They've won five of the last six domestic trophies. I'd also argue that, you know, in, in, unless and until they, they win a Champions League, I'm not sure if you can even call them the greatest team of this Premier League era. Mm. Well, that is the point, isn't it? Everything is now geared to strengthening for next season at City because of that Champions League you know, priority now. Were we seeing the sort of first signs of the future, though, at Wembley, do you think? I don't know if they're the, the first signs of the future. I think very much the present, actually, Mike. We, you know, we've seen City 198 points in the Premier League over the last two seasons, which is a, a phenomenal achievement. And we've seen them push sides to one side as if they're not even there. And as, as Dave said, you know, this Watford team are a good side, a decent strength Premier League side. And they, they just made them look without even their full strength 11 starting. I mean, when you look at Aguero, De Bruyne, Sane on the bench, I mean, it's quite incredible what they did. Um, I, I think what, we're, what we will see uh, in the next couple of years is the top six. I know Dave said 
you know, Liverpool and City are a long way ahead of everyone else. But I think the amount of money that the top six have got now between them uh, and the, the way in which they're all going to be able to strengthen in the next two, three, four transfer windows. We're going to see those sorts of results against the other 14 sides in the Premier League on a, on a regular occurrence. And I think it will only detract from the spectacle in, in the next decade. Mm. Do you think we get into the stage where people are going to begin to say, oh, look, just the top six, just let them go away. Let's let them go and form their own Super League and we'll get on with a, a, yeah. what we perceive to be a much more fair and important competition. There's an argument for it, isn't there? I must admit, when, um, when, that, when that has been mooted in the past and when they've started having their conversations about the possibility of it happening, you do think, well, would English football be that bad a place without them? You know, uh, there's an awful lot of big, very well-supported clubs that would be left behind and, and, and it would be a different sort of spectacle. I don't think it would be the end of English football. I don't think it would be a, a crippling blow. A lot of people think it was if the likes of Leeds, Newcastle, Aston Villa, Sheffield Wednesday, all those sort of clubs were left. You have to look um, at the four teams who are in the playoffs in the Championship. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It, it, whichever yeah. one of them right down, yeah. uh, had gone up yeah. or does come up, yeah. it's, you've still got big crowds and, a, and very a big, big clubs. clubs so yeah, indeed, yeah. Right. There's a huge amount of depth in the English game. Um, I don't think it would be crippled without the top six. I don't think that will happen, though. Um, but I think, unfortunately, we will see the Champions League become more of a closed shop. That is what they're moving towards. And that's a real shame. You know, we've, I think we've seen all five of the top um, European leagues being, you know, the title being retained in each league, and it's becoming more and more self-perpetuating. Mm. But they're going to make sure they're going to lock themselves in, I think, the big clubs. Yeah, because if you look at it across Europe, Juventus have just won their eighth successive Serie A title, mm. Bayern have just won their sixth successive Bundesliga title, yet Allegri is gone and there's quite a lot of talk that Kovac might go as well. Is that modern football writ large? Uh, yeah, I think so. But, you know, I think there's only so long that, that managers can expend the mental energy. You know, there's still a lot of, an awful lot of pressure on managers like Allegri. Um, you know, you have to win the league at, at its deemed failure uh, and you have to win the big trophies as well. So I can understand, you know, the cycles that, that the top managers work in. I mean, you only have to look at the, the mental uh, toughness that Guardiola's been through, um, whether it was at Barcelona, he needed a year out after, after Barcelona, didn't he? Uh, on to Bayern Munich, now on to Manchester City. And, you know, it's, it's just a, a relentless pursuit of glory. Um, and and, and it, it, even though they're given at the big clubs the finances, the resources and the support to, to go out and sign the best players, which obviously makes the job easier, you still have to deliver. And, and I don't think we should take anything away from the managers and we shouldn't take anything away from, from Guardiola for, for what he's achieved as well, even as, as we've uh, you know said at the top of the show, despite everything that's going on in the background at City. Mm. Pep's achievements into perspective, if you could, please, Dave. Because if you, you know, there was a cameo just after the game where he was berating hmm. Sterling. Sterling yeah. Now, part of me thought, well, that's the driven man, and part of me thought you're showboating. That's for the camera, yeah. 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 that's not to be disrespectful towards him generally. But no, but <laughs> again, so put what he's done and who he is into some sort of context please. I think I think he makes I think he makes individual footballers an awful lot better um, and there are an awful lot you know there's, there's quite a lot of managers at the top level who don't necessarily do that I think he improves players when you speak to players like Sterling um, Walker players like that that they really feel that their games in te- you know on a technical level have come on so so much Sterling's a great example of that you know he he always had talent but but the, the end product wasn't there um, which you've seen him become a, an outstanding world-class footballer under Guardiola. Um, I think, um, as Tom was saying, 
you, you, Guardiola has to win the league every year for it not, to, you know, and he and he's had that at Barcelona, at Bayern, at City. Always had that pressure on him to win the league every single season, and particularly this year, there's, there's no, there's so little margin for error, isn't there? You know, you, if they'd have, if they'd if they'd ta- taken two points less, if if you know one of those those couple of goal line technology yeah. decisions, you know, the one at Burnley and the and the one in the Man City Liverpool game had gone against City, not for them, then they then they would. Wouldn't have won a title. He'd have been deemed. He'd been deemed a failure now with a couple of domestic trophy, uh, domestic cups. But the one, the one, the flip side with Guardiola is that he has, and he and he hates it being mentioned, but it's certainly true, is that he's failed um, over the last uh, eight or nine, eight years in the, in the Champions League with, with very strong teams. He hasn't reached a final, mm. um, and he's made strange decisions in the last couple of you know in, in those mm. all English games against Spurs this year and Liverpool last year. He's made very strange selections. He's almost been overthinking things, and it seems as if the business end of the Champions League is starting to get to him. He knows there's an issue and a bit of a question mark over him, and it seems to make him go slightly. His thinking, his thinking goes slightly wonky. I think mm. that's that's why. I do wonder if, if Klopp had been in charge at Manchester City and given the money. I know Klopp's had a lot of money to spend at Liverpool, but if he'd been given the money that Guardiola has had to spend at Manchester City, I think we'd have seen, we'd, we'd be fating him in the same way. You know, I think he would have been able to deliver. And I think Pochettino as well, given Manchester City's resources, I think he would do the job that Guardiola's done. So whilst we should applaud Guardiola for, for everything that he's achieved with Manchester City for um, the wonderful football that it's been a privilege for us to cover for fans of the Premier League to sit and watch over the last couple of years. I think we should also, you know, acknowledge the fact that he has been given all this money and that there are other managers in the league who, given the chance, would probably do as good a job. Yeah. Talking of money, we seem to do nothing but talk about money. Uh, There will be strengthening at City. Already talk of uh, Maguire. Potentially going there. Who do you expect to see? Where are the name? What are the names out there? Yeah, I mean, Maguire's Maguire is an interesting one, isn't it? They're talking about a club uh, club record fee for for him. Uh, I think he'd be a good signing. Um, I, I mean, when you when you look at the facts. Uh, they'd be bringing him in effectively to replace Vincent Company, but they've already got Laporte there. They've already got John Stones there. I know Stones has had a, a difficult season this year, but. I think, given his age, you can expect him to come good again. So you know, it would be it would be a very positive thing for English football as well if they had two two good, solid English centre halves playing for City. Um, I think the midfield, uh, Fernandinho, it's it's no secret, is it, that uh, they've been looking for somebody to come in and and take over from him in the long term. Um, left back, I mean, Zinchenko's really come on as well, hasn't he? Uh, mm. Obviously, the, the concerns over. Mendy's, uh, Mendy's injury record, but um, I mean it's frightening to to think that you know that they are going to uh, uh, bring bring that team up to another level. I mean I think uh, he talked a couple of weeks ago, didn't he, Guardiola, about the uh, set pieces. He wasn't very happy mm. with yeah. uh, with them at set pieces and talked about him being as tall as anyone, if not taller than anyone in the squad. So I mean if you if you can imagine this Manchester City side, uh, not just. Uh, with the aesthetically pleasing nature of it, but with a bit of more brutality in it as well, a bit more size, then it, it would be a frightening prospect for anyone. Mm. I think the strange, one of the strangest sort of reactions has actually come from the City fans. I'm not talking about all of them, yeah. but uh, the, individually, there, there seems to be expressions of anger, you know, either through social media, which we all know the faults of, but, you know, even on Saturday at the press box, <laughs> you had uh, you know, a guy coming in... Yeah. And basically abusing the, the writers for supposed bias towards Liverpool and, mm. and Mo Salah. Mm. Uh, isn't that strange? 
It is strange, and you you get hotheads amongst you know the supports of all major clubs, and um, City and Liverpool, but both I think slightly worse than than average on that score. Um, yeah, it, it's a weird one because you'd think if your team had been taken over by uh, you know an Abu Dhabi royal family, you had the best you had the best manager in the world, um, and and your team was playing the best football and getting the best results in the history of English football, you might be quite happy about it and enjoy it and just you know quite enjoy the ride but rather than it making you angry that people point out the obvious fact that it's been funded you know Manchester City haven't just sort of magic their way up from the team who played at Main Road with inflatable bananas on the Kipax and Imre Virardi playing up forward you know it's been done because the Abu Dhabi Royal Family took over the club and that's that's how it's happened and for people not to mention that would be weird <laughs> so I don't know I mean it's, it's, it's the modern age isn't it in every walk of life really that um, that people get extremely angry about things particularly about the media saying obvious things that seems to anger people yeah. <laughs> in every way I think what's strange about it as well though you know we've been saying for the last two years Manchester City are a very very good mm-hmm. excellent yeah. wonderful beautiful football side mm-hmm. so you know, newspapers are still a business. We still have to come up with new content. We still have to push things forward, even though we're reporting, you know, yeah. obviously reporting on something as well. And the, the fact of the matter is that, that Liverpool, is, look, City's achievements this year, again, it's not to detract from that because winning three trophies has been fantastic. But Liverpool has been a great story because it's almost new in the fact yeah. that Van Dijk and uh, Alisson have helped push them onto that next level. And they have, they've closed the gap from 25 mm. points on City to 24 points. So it's only right that we... Whilst you know acknowledging what City have achieved, that we say Liverpool have done very well as well, and I, I, I think I, I mean this. A lot of this came up because the Times didn't the Times put something on mm. the front of their pullout, and it was because they yeah didn't. they had a Liverpool spread on the or Liverpool on the front. That's yeah. right. When City on the time that City, City, City had been in the back, uh, on the back yeah, page. Yeah, it was, it was an edi- editorial word, decision. In, news, wasn't it? Yeah. in newspaper terms, we know in, produ- in newspaper production terms, that's not an unusual decision. If you've got, if you've got Man City on the back page, and then you've got to pull out Liverpool. On the front it's a perfectly reasonable editorial decision to make also the fact is that Liverpool Manchester United and Arsenal all have a far bigger you know nationally and globally bigger reach than the Manchester City do that you know mm. for, for everything they've done the sort of the, the, the global brand and certainly the, in terms of you know the British newspaper reading audience they haven't got that pull that Liverpool United and Arsenal have because they've, they've built up that level of support and interest over 60, 70, 80 years and City have been, you know... And it will come. If City keep dominating, it will will come. You know, it's just... It all works in cycles, doesn't it? But, but, you know, I remember remember going away to uh, Thailand a few years ago and, you know, you walk into the Bangkok airport and the only shirts you see, Manchester United, Arsenal, Leicester, of course. But (laughs) but it's because City, as as Dave said, you know, they're still growing that presence and and, and it's this generation of children around the world now who are going to be looking at English football and saying right I'm going to pick a club I'm going to choose Manchester City because they're successful so you know in five mm. ten years time when they're the people who are hopefully still buying newspapers but taking the, the material mm. online then that will probably change but yeah absolutely yeah. right one great old club Wolves are actually going to be in Europe because of that uh, win at Wembley um, their model is an interesting one in as much as that it's agent driven and also supported or underpinned by Chinese commerce and cash. Is that the type of model which can force a club into the top four, or do you need to be really almost to have your own state? (laughs) 
I, I think it. You no, know, I think it is uh, the the type of model that can ultimately push a team or club into the the top four. I think it will take a lot of work. Um, I, I think you only have to look at the way City have, have built it. You know, it's it's not just about the manager and the players. The the infrastructure that mm. that Manchester City put into place. Wolves have got to go about doing something very, very similar and making sure, you know, if you want to get into those upper echelons, into the Champions League rather than the Europa League, you've got the the director of football in place, someone who can act like Chiki Bergerestein, who's got the contacts in worldwide football to bring in a manager who'll take you there. I mean, whether uh, Nuno is the, the man to, to take Wolves into the Champions League, he's, he's certainly shown uh, that he's a very good manager. Um, but yeah, I think I think ultimately that they, they there's nothing to say that they couldn't get there in the next three or four years if they keep building. I mean, they've clearly got some very, very good contacts, but mm. there's only so long that, that bringing the best young players from Portugal over will, will get you there. You know, they do have to start bringing in players to compliment them now as well. Mm. Brighton, it seems ages ago now, but you know they were the team who lost to, to give City the title. Mm. Um, they got rid of Chris Hewton in you know, controversial circumstances yeah. almost immediately. Mm. Uh, Graham Potter's now gone in there from Swansea. Yeah. Um, that a good appointment? I think it's an interesting one, certainly. Um, it's one you'd like to see succeed, um, despite however... How other, um, I think anyone who'd ever come across Chris Hewton would, would have been gutted for him. Mm. And even if you understood how bad the form had been over the previous few months, I, th- I felt he deserved the chance to have a bit of money to spend and, and, and try and take things more expansively himself. But, you know, I understand why I've done it. He, he got a huge ovation from his peers, didn't he? Yeah, he did. In yeah. the LMA Everyone dinner. knows what a good job he's done there and at Newcastle and at Norwich. And I think he's, and he's been harshly sacked now on three occasions, actually. Um, but um, Potter is an interesting guy. Um, you know, he, you know, he, he's probably going to play more expansive football there. He's, he's someone almost. His background's almost not, not his playing style, but his background reminds you a bit of Hodgson. He's, he's gone. He, he wasn't a name, and he went to Sweden and did very, very well in Sweden. And he's, and he's now, you know, obviously. Where went around the world really before he came into English club football in latter years. But um, Potter, you know, it's good to see Englishmen going abroad, learning their trade abroad because there's, there are, you know, it's it's a way of doing it for for an Eng- English guys particularly who haven't got a stellar name as a player. It's not easy to force your way into management. However gifted you are as a coach, mm. if you haven't got that name, he's gone Ostersons in Sweden and made his name there. Done well at Sw- done well at Swansea, given. The financial constraints he was under this year, and I impressed a lot of people in and around Swansea. So, yeah, you, you, you'd like to see him succeed at Brighton. Um, it's, it's an unforgiving league, though, I'd say that. Yeah, yeah. Do you think there'll be any other managerial appointments, Tom? I, I, over the I, I don't know whether there will. I mean, uh, you know, Leicester have just taken a, a new manager. United aren't going to replace Solskjaer this summer, I wouldn't have thought. I think Pep's fairly safe at City, isn't he? <laughs> Klopp's probably just about going to make it through the summer at Liverpool. So yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't expect there to be too much more going on. Um, I, I think uh, Graham Potter's a, a good signing for for Brighton. Um, I, I was, I covered a couple of Brighton games towards the end of last season, and and, and the atmosphere wasn't great down there, particularly the uh, the thumping against Bournemouth um, you know fans were starting to turn on Hewton a bit and I think you know when you look at the life cycle of 
managers in the modern game. You know, yes, he's maybe some people would argue that he's been harshly treated, but he's he's had a good run down there, three four years, hasn't he? And um, mm -hmm. so you know, I, I think I think he'll hopefully go away, have a holiday, dust himself down, and and come back and do as Dave says what he's done at every club which is leave them in a better position yeah. than they were when he arrived and I must admit whoever, if I was at West Brom I'd be stamping whoever goes, for, whoever goes yeah. for him will we'll get a very good yeah. manager yeah. in terms of manager, managerial changes I think Chelsea's the one that's interesting in that we, we were pretty convinced Sarri was going to go now he's he's got what is on paper a pretty successful season in terms of finishing third, getting to a Europa final, getting to a League Cup final, not not, not bad. Uh, but at the same time, the fans aren't having him at all. And there's the mm. intriguing prospects of Lampard. So that's one that could happen. Just go nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Says the Derby correspondent. <laughs> yeah. What about Allegri there? Allegri's interesting, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen him. Well, he did say, I'm not, gonna, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to have a, <laughs> yeah, a, a yeah, year I off. Mean, yeah, I mean, Allegri for Chelsea is a, is, is a possibility as well. Um, I wonder how... Um, because that's the only, in terms of English football, that's, that's the only one that could you could see coming up yeah. in the top six. And Allegri's not going to look below that. So, um, yeah, it would have to be Chelsea. And then, you know, if, the, if a transfer ban is in place, I don't know, they've got a lot of options with young players and the players they've out on loan. So it's not, you know, it's not as bad as all that. You've still got a, quite a decent pool of players to choose from. But is a, is a sort of A-list manager going to want to come in with, a, with, a, with his hands tied behind his back in terms of... Yeah, possible recruitments. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I wonder what another is. You know, they've gone Italian with the last two managers, two yeah. very different styles mm. as well, and you're bringing in another Italian manager with a different style again. And mm. I just mm. wonder whether that's, you know, yeah. whether whether that would work for Chelsea. My argument would be that I think he's earned a second season. I'm not his yeah. greatest fan, and I understand yeah. why the why the why the supporters are a bit frustrated. But I do think he's done well enough. Yeah, to agree. Okay, so a second. So we've come to the end of the domestic season, at least. Um, a few sort of. Um, awards, not sometimes not serious, but um, <laughs> let's look at Player of the Year. I'll, I'll start the ball rolling by suggesting Vinnie Company. Uh, I thought that on Saturday night, on Sunday morning, of course, he um, announced he was going to Anderlecht as uh, player manager. Um, there's something about him, there's a, di a dignity about him, and you look at him and think he's going to do something quite special and significant in the game beyond beyond playing yeah. um you know i could see him for instance being a pfa chairman oh sorry pfa chief, chief executive you know who knows he might even um be worth the sort of money they're paying gordon taylor mm -hmm. um what do you think of him company yeah absolutely. i totally agree with everything you said i think he has got a, a, i mean it'd be interesting to see how he does in management but also you could see certainly beyond that as well in administration he's a very very bright and articulate and, and just likable guy and i think city you're talking about whether city are likable or not I mean, vinnie company is very very likable um i don't think many people have a bad word to say again you know about him um, and I just, although he's not, obviously he's Belgian, you know, he almost seemed like an honorary mank, didn't he? And, <laughs> and they've always been, you know, and they're, they're now obviously looking to get homegrown player through Foden's, the one who's been in and around but hasn't quite broke the door down this season. So, you know, I always felt he was a link to the, the old man city almost. I know he was only there a few weeks before the Abu Dhabi takeover, but he, he always felt like a link to the past somehow. He, he understood the club, the, the, the old the old city, really. Mm. Um, so, yeah, a, a, terrific, a terrific man. I, I, my, my personal mm. player of the year, you know, I, I'd go, I, I would always say Sterling, but I think the, the intriguing um, one is Bernardo Silva that hasn't, you know, people saying Sterling or Van Dijk. Sterling, Silva's been outstanding this year. And also, by the way, a really, really likeable, 
guy as well, um, Bernardo Silva. So I think, and I thought, I thought his pass for the second goal on in, in the cup final was, mm. the, was the was the greatest moment of skill in in that match as well. So. I think company would be it'd be wasted if he went into an administration role. I think he's he's just management material. You know, he's played the mm. game uh, at the highest level. Um, he, he's very eloquent. Uh, comes across very well, as Dave said. You know, he's 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 been the the face of, of Manchester City off the field as well as on it for uh, for such a long time now. But what what I what I've liked about him is when he's he's had some terrible injuries and, and shown this incredible mental strength to come back from them. But he didn't waste his time out injured either you know I think he did the business degree didn't he the MBA and mm. uh, and, and I, I cover a bit of boxing as well over the years and I, I often see him at fights you know he's there and he's, he's when, whenever you see uh, fans mingling with him always very happy to stop and have a chat and have a photograph so I, I, I hope things work out for him on the management front because I, I think long term uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we didn't see him uh, back at, at uh, City as one of Guardiola's um, successes uh, somewhere down the line. Uh, but I, I agree with Dave. I think uh, if we're going to go for a, a Premier League Player of the Year, my vote for the Football Writers one was Raheem Sterling. Um, I think he just... Uh, it, it was neck and neck between him and Virgil van Dijk. Both had fantastic seasons. Van Dijk, of course, could end up as a Champions League winner. But I just always, when it comes to these awards, I just think, you know, who who would get me off my seat the most? And I, I think someone like Sterling, you know, the attacking player is always more likely to to make me jump up and get me excited yeah. about something I've seen from them than uh, a Sterling's defender. wider relevance as well in terms yeah, of what sure. you said about racism. Uh, uh, racism yeah. outstanding for yeah. me. Absolutely. Well, that young player of the year, I I, I look at Jaden Sancho. Okay, Dortmund didn't quite win the Bundesliga, finished two points short. He scored again in the final game. You know, to me, is the poster boy of you know young English talent going abroad and fulfilling themselves, having the courage to test himself. Mm -hmm. um, have Manchester United blown it with him? It looks like it, doesn't it? Yeah, and uh, you sort of wonder why a player you know as good as Sancho with his profile and he's, you know he's proved himself even at 19 to be you know a real outstanding talent. You know, United now are not. The proposition they were, I mean, they're not in the Champions League. It's a mess. The manager hasn't got any great managerial pedigree. We know what, what a legend he was as a player there. But I, you know, if you're a young player and you've got a choice of four or five top European clubs, including United, I, I think they'd be well down the list, wouldn't they? I, I, you know, I don't mm. think they, they they have that pulling power anymore. And that's why this is what people all refer to as the United tax, because they are going to have to spend mm. so big on wages now to to entice players. And, and that, I mean, that's been the case for a few years now that that it's probably lost a little bit of the luster, and yeah. that's why that's why you're Sanchez hearing, is on half yeah. a million a week. Yeah. 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 So in that context, then okay. The, tongues slightly in the cheek here is Jose Mourinho manager of the year <laughs> you know, he had the right idea probably went the wrong way about it well, about players yeah, I, I think I think everything we've seen at United in in the last few games of the season last 10 or so games of the season has proved that Mourinho was was actually right um you know look Jose Mourinho is whatever you think of him and I've I've always had a bit of a soft spot for him because I've covered a lot of press conferences with him and, and you know, what I like about him, some managers will give you the big smile for the cameras and they're not always the same uh, off camera uh, as they are on it. Whereas Mourinho is just the same. What, whatever mood he's in, you're going to see it. And I, I respect him for that. Um, things went south at Manchester United, went very sour uh, for him and, and he probably didn't handle uh, the players in the right way towards the end of it. But I, 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 
I don't think they've deserved. They've shown that they deserved anything else from them. And you know, Solskjaer came in and he gave them that little bit of a lift, and they turned it on. And then the second he got the job, they turned it off again. And I think it, it just proves that what Mourinho was saying was right. And why you wouldn't back a man like Mourinho in the transfer market? You know, he wanted another defender. I know it's easy to say, look, you've, we've given you lots of money for a defender, but it's Jose Mourinho. He's won. He's won everything there is to win. You back him, you stick with him, and, and let him reinvent the club. Mm. Where do you see him turning up at, Dave? Uh, probably PSG, I guess. That seems like the next port of call, to be honest. Um, hopefully, Back at Chelsea. <laughs> 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 I, I, you hope. I mean, a few, few people have mentioned it recently that you know he, he, he's been doing a lot of punditry and he seems to have been seems, seems to have you know cheered up uh, from a little bit of a rest and, and he sort of seems to have his old exuberance. But they all do that, don't they? They yeah. all do that. They, they yeah. look they look ten years younger. Yeah, the moment they get in the job, yeah. he, used yeah. to, he used to come yeah. into the. I mean, you you've been there as well. He'd come into Chelsea at the start of the season at his press conference. He'd had the tan, the yeah. hair, hair be caught, all smiles. <laughs> Within about three weeks, yeah. it was he wasn't talking was to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you've got. Um, we're talking about liabilities. Now, there's a lot of players that may not the liabilities. <laughs> Liability of the year. I, you know, I'll throw I'll throw Mustafi into that mix because he seems to be just a walking disaster area for for Arsenal. Any yeah. others? I'm going to go for Abubakar Kamara at Fulham because you know he he he. I think there were three incidents within the space of a week or two where he he grabbed a penalty off the designated penalty taker Alexander Mitrovic and then and then missed the penalty. Where, at which point Claudio Ranieri, the manager of Fulham, then said he would kill him. <laughs> he then had a fight or a, say, a, a heated argument with um, Alexander Mitrovic during a yoga session <laughs> in which he had those be pulled apart and then he was arrested for a, a, a fracas with a security guard at the training ground a few days after that So and was then, was then carted off to Turkey on loan. So I think... You know, you'd have to go some to, to beat Kamara. <laughs> you want to try? No, mine's a dreadfully boring answer now. I mean, Fred was the, was the one for me on, on the field, you know, for Manchester United. Fourth, fourth most uh, expensive signing in the club's history. £53 million, I think it was. And uh, uh, he, he just hasn't even looked like he'd be decent Terrible. at Salford, let alone at, uh, at Manchester <laughs> United. So, uh, yeah, liability on the pitch for me. Um, what about anti-hero of the year? You know, I, I love the sort of guys who just niggle, niggle and mm. wind people up. Now, Ashley Barnes, for me, at, at Burnley's yeah, like that. Yeah. Anyone else? Uh, I think, I mean, despite the result of the cup final, Troy Deeney has definitely got that about him. Yeah. Other fans hate him, hate, you know, because he, he is a wind-up man and, he, and also the way he... I mean, I think it actually was last season when he came up with particularly his rant about Arsenal and it was actually... Everything he said was, you know, as a sort of critique of Wenger's latter years was absolutely spot on and just came out and said it, didn't he? I think it gets up a lot of other footballers' noses, what he says. But I, I love it, personally. Um, uh, you know, he's warts and all. Um, the way he plays the game, the way he talks about it, he's a throwback, and, and I, I'd have Dini as an anti-hero of the year. Yeah. Tom, Mine's an old familiar candidate with uh, Luis Suarez. I mean, I, you know, look, I, I know Liverpool yeah. fans won't like it, but in that first leg of the Champions League game, when when you know they went in and they they've def everything they've defended him for over the years, and next thing he scores a goal and celebrates wildly in front of him, mm. uh, in front of them. I, I, I think you know, if you anyone who's not a Liverpool fan will have afforded themselves a little giggle at, uh, at everything that was going on there. But you know, I, I, I love to watch him play because he's just spiteful. He's, he's horrible. He's nasty. Um, <laughs> And, and and he's he's you know it's everything that's like he's, he's the pantomime villain isn't he and yet an incredibly talented footballer as well but it was it was very nice to see him get his comeuppance at the end with uh, with Liverpool <laughs> winning and going through because I'll link that into the miss of the year for me it was Usman Dembele you know last kick mm. of the of that first leg of the of the semi final against Liverpool 
4-0 is a completely different ball game. Mm. Um, was that the miss of the year? Yeah, possibly, yeah. I, th- I actually think, given how good City have been um, domestically and you sort of feel that there wasn't a, an out, there's not been an outstanding team on the continent this year, you know, Barca, Bayern, Real Madrid, Juve, none of them have been sort of absolutely outstanding. I felt this was a year City should have won the Champions League despite everything they've done domestically. So therefore, I think if Aguero scores the penalty uh, at White Hart Lane in, in the first leg of that quarter-final, I think it ends up being a very different tie. Um, and so that, that is, was significant because I think City could easily have, have won everything. Like the quadruple, I think, was there for the taking this year. Mm. Tom? Yeah, I'd agree with Dave. Uh, that 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 miss from Aguero was 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 right. Up it there. was a save, wasn't well, it? Save, yeah, did you yeah, say but, that? But it was. But it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. Any any chance for Sergio Aguero is uh, yeah. you know. It wasn't a great pen. Yeah. 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 Now, Tom, you you know you know your way around the transfer market, and you've mentioned um, you know Fred already. Um, in terms of the worst transfers of the season, Sanchez has got to be up there, hasn't it? Yeah, uh, I mean Sanchez was. Horrendous. Um, I, I mean, you take away the fact that there was no fee, though. Uh, into I know he's, he's obviously the, the huge wages that he's on five hundred thousand pound plus a week. Um, you'd, you'd struggle to go some, but I'm, I'm going to uh, go for Anguissa at Fulham. Uh, best part of thirty million pounds, and just just absolutely, absolutely dreadful. Um, uh, you know, I think when Fulham spent that money, the hundred million pounds at the start of the year, everyone looked at that and said, Do "You know what? Good to see a club coming up. They're having a go. It might take them a few weeks to bring these players together, bring this team together, because it does when you sign that many players." But uh, yeah, he's just a he's uh, unmitigated disaster. Too strong, kiddo. As hey, he's got seen. slightly better towards the end of the season, but he was shocking as a record signing. A shocking Seri, who was the other player for big money, was very he was very thirty as well, as wasn't well. He? Yeah, something like that. Uh, you know, um, and Mawson, twenty million, hardly, hardly kicked a ball really. So, it's, there's been so many disastrous <laughs> signings of Fulham. I think, I think Fulham and Man United, between them on their, on their different levels, the recruitment of both of those clubs has been appalling. Yeah, and recruitment's key, isn't it, these days? Massive. Yeah, absolutely massive. And, and, and yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting, I think, when you speak to one or two people around uh, the transfer market uh, in the last couple of weeks, they're sort of, they're not sure just how much money will be spent by the English clubs this year. I don't know whether there's a uh, huge appetite. I mean, Chelsea Chelsea is going to be the interesting one. I mean, of course, you know, if, if the ban remains in place and, and they lose Eden Hazard, then obviously there's going to be nothing they can do about it. They've already uh, got Pulisic coming in, of course. But if the ban, if they do end up taking this appeal I know they've taken it to the court of arbitration but if uh, if it ends up kicking in and, and they have got money to spend then that will be where um, where it's interesting but I, yeah I, I think United as well the watching uh, Paul Pogba's situation that'll be that'll be mm. quite key uh, for them I, I don't think there's any appetite from Ed Woodward to let him go because uh, obviously if you do you, you whatever you think about Pogba and I'm not his biggest fan because of the way he turns it on and off I still think they're not giving uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer the fair crack of the whip that he deserves so um, yeah um, it, it is all going to depend on who, who these clubs bring in and mm. City as we said at the top of the show you know with Pep saying we're going to strengthen if they get a couple of signings then it's going to be huge for everyone else mm. Are we you know you talked about maybe a potentially quiet summer and, and that's you know I've spoken to a couple of scouts who've said exactly the same mm. thing um, but if there is a big move where's it going to come? Well, it's very interesting to hear Mbappe at the French Player of the Year Awards on Sunday night saying that he wanted a new challenge, and you can understand why he might as well. He's, a, you know, popping the fact he wants some more money. He, you know, he's a World Cup winner, and you know, he's 
he's done everything there is to do in French football in what's a one club league. Um, it will be interesting to see if the Premier League, which has not, despite all its strength, and it's, you know this this year in particular, it's incredibly strong. Uh, the Premier League clubs. Um, they haven't tended to sign the very best players in the world for some years now. It's not happened. You know, the, the absolute A-list players at, at their peak don't tend to come here that often. So it'll be interesting to see whether anyone from England signs Mbappe. And if, but if they do, you'd think it would be more likely to be Manchester City. And then the gap we were talking about at the top <laughs> of the show could get even bigger because he really is special. Yeah. Unless there's a, a certain Frenchman taking over any of the big clubs somewhere on the continent who might be able to lure him as well. I mean, can you imagine Hazard and Mbappe playing for Zidane at Real Madrid? Mm, yeah. uh, what, what? They're going to be big, t- big changes there, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think uh, I think he'll he'll want at least two two huge signings. Obviously, Bale has it going to go. Isn't Hazard's it? going to go. So yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's uh, uh, he's just waiting for yeah, for yeah. the clubs to. Get I really that, feel for Gareth Bale because he's mm. someone who's achieved fantastic things yeah. at yeah. Madrid. Deserves better than just to be thrown deserves, out with a rubbish. Deserves far it? better than than he's getting. Deserves far better than he's got from uh, Real Madrid fans over the years. I mean, this whole thing about. Uh, you know, they've not taken to him in the same way that they took to Jonathan Woodgate because Woodgate learned to speak Spanish pretty quickly and Bale hasn't. I mean, look at Sergio Aguero, you know, his English isn't <laughs> great. He'll, he'll speak a little bit of it, but it uh, doesn't always do his yeah. interviews in English. He's, he's been here now, I think, longer than Bale's been in Spain. And yet, it, it, does that detract from the way that any of us... It, it possibly does, doesn't it, though, because Aguero is not one of the bigger... You know, for a long while he was never getting in the PFA team of the year. His profile was your, pro, your profile was slightly less in in that uh, in terms of that. Mm, I think. I don't. Well, but he's, he's not he's not had the same do hankies waved at him now, has he? Oh no no no. He's, uh, no, the City fans certainly have been very much. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Bale, yeah. I mean, the the goal um, in you know I've never seen such a great goal scored in in a big game as as Bale's goal against Liverpool last year in the Champions League final the the, the technique involved in that yeah. uh, mm. it gets very easily forgotten doesn't it how, how outstanding that was mm. you know um yeah Zidane's clearly got an issue with him he's clear fact is that Real Madrid have not got as much money to spend as we often think they have they're not that you know they're not particularly particularly wealthy at the moment and they've got a player there who's earning 600 700,000 pounds a week and and the manager for whatever reason and however harsh it may seem doesn't fancy him so therefore they're going to try and move heaven and earth to get rid of him off the wage bill Bale loves his lifestyle out there he loves yeah. his, as they always say loves his golf loves the weather loves everything about about it so yeah. you know why why should he have to leave so yeah, interesting. And if, if if things don't work out, I mean, look, you've got to imagine things will work out okay for Zidane. But if they didn't, you know, it could be a year down the line, mm. and and they ch- decide there's another change needed. It's not exactly the most stable of clubs for with, no. when it comes to keeping hold of managers. Barca are going to strengthen, aren't they? So yeah. therefore, it's not that easy a job necessarily for no. Zidane. If he if he doesn't win the Champions League next year, and you can always slip up in the Champions League, you've got Barca who are going to strengthen from mm. where they are. It's you know, like you say, yeah, easily next Bale's year could be out of there again. Bale, yeah. Bale's got a but clean In terms of real emotion. politic, though, the, the likelihood is that, that he'll come probably back to to England. You know, Chelsea have been mentioned Spurs. You know, there's always been Manchester United talk mm. with basically Madrid funding most of the wages. Yeah, but I... I, I Struggle to see where he fits in, really. I, I, I did a, a column on him a couple of weeks ago, and I, I think the best move for him would be would be Bayern uh, or a club mm. like that if, mm. if if they came. I mean, you know, uh, if he comes to Chelsea uh, replacing Hazard, there'd be a huge amount of pressure on him. Mm. Um, is United? It's not the the 
prospect that it that it was, and again there'd be huge pressure on him. Um, I I would if I were him, I'd be awfully tempted to sit tight for for one year at least yeah. and and see what happened. Um, I, d I don't. Does he end up getting loaned to Bayern for a year? I think Bayern's yeah. a really interesting shout. With yeah. Robin and Rivery both left, haven't they? Yes. So it's you know it's, there's an obvious seems like an obvious vacancy there. It's you know it's, it's that club that could afford to pay a lot of those wages. It might it might be uh, it might be an option for him. Mm. Let's sort of look then at our team of the year in goal. My choice probably will be Allison, although you know, Edison's had a fantastic impact at, at, at City, yeah. simply because you know he was the you know, proverbial last piece of the jigsaw, wasn't mm. he, at Liverpool? What do you guys think? Yeah, they're both outstanding and they're both modern goalkeepers and Alisson's made that impact. Yeah, Edison's uh, save at the start of the cup final, you know, mm. I, I'm not saying it would have been a completely different story, but it, it could be. It certainly wouldn't have been the romp that it became if, if, um, if he hadn't made that, you know, come out and made that save from Pereira towards the start of it. So... I do also think Lucas Fabianski has been absolutely outstanding for West Ham. And, you know, he's had a lot more, probably a lot more to do than the other two. <laughs> yeah. And he, I think as a guy who always looked like he wasn't, he wasn't top drawer at Arsenal, I think he now looks like sort of a top six goalkeeper, really, mm. Fabianski. But if I have to pick one, and uh, then I'll go Edison. Yeah, I'd, I'd go Edison as well. It's the, the toss of a coin. But I, I, I still think despite his problems this season if you if I had carte blanche to sign any goalkeeper for my club I'd go De Gea over the over Alisson and Edison even uh, even now what on the principle that class is permanent yeah mm. yeah I just think as a, I, I just don't think there's a, a better uh, goalkeeper on the planet when he's when he's when they're all at the top of the game mm. I'll give you back four but I'll give you three Liverpool players in that back four mm. to start off with Alexander Arnold Van Dijk and Robertson it's difficult to argue against those three, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Those three are almost so who's the odd man? Who's, who's the extra one? Um, probably Laporte, Laporte, but I see yeah. he's yeah, one or two slightly dodgy. I think this, I think he was poor against Spurs in the great uh, Champions League uh, quarterfinal. But generally, Laporte's been very, very good. Um, so we'd probably go for him. Yeah, Laporte yeah. would be would be my man. I'd be. like Diop at West Ham. Yeah, yeah very yeah, very good yeah. signing. Um, yeah, and you, you do expect him to go on to mm. to maybe a top six club at, at some stage. Um, uh, I, yeah, I, I think um, I think Laporte. Although you know what's been interesting is if you're going on like the last month, company storms into that team yeah, still, doesn't yeah, he? You know, yeah. um, you know if you can imagine Van Dijk and company next to each other at the height of their careers, it, what what a back back pairing that is. Mm. As you say, at the height of their careers, yeah. um, midfield. We we talked about Bernardo Silva. Mm. Um, yeah. And so you're going to set this up because you often when you're doing these fantasy teams, you don't set them up quite as you would in an actual game. Yeah, of football, if, you're a, if you're going to have a DM, <laughs> it would be Rice for me. Yeah, Declan Rice would be. It's funny, West Ham only finished tenth, I think, but we've, we've mentioned two, three of their players already. But Rice, yeah, I think Rice has been a game changer for for England. I think England were desperate for for a, for a player of exactly his profile, so it was a massive boost to Southgate when he, you know, he, he threw his lot in with England and, and left Ireland. I think that was massive because the one thing I thought they were lacking was a top holding midfield player, and, and, and Rice is that. So yeah, I think Rice is uh, he, he is and will be, you know, the outstanding. English midfield player, you know, going going forward. Yeah, I think he's brilliant, and I think you know, look, I know Raheem Sterling got the Young Player of the Year, but if we if we have if we talk about it as the Young Player of the Year should be, then yeah. then Declan Rice. Uh, got to change the it was, age. It was his breakthrough. They've got to change it's the age of that season, award, haven't they? They've yeah, got to or or, the, or limit it to you know you yeah. can only have made Certain so many games, appearances yeah, or something like that. But I still you know look if we if we're here we're picking the team of the season. I still think Fernandinho gets in ahead of Rice in that. 
holding midfield role. Missed a lot of the second half of the season, didn't he? Otherwise, I'd agree, but maybe I'd go, I'd go for Rice. Yeah. Mm. And in terms of attacking midfield players? Where, where are we going to go with this? Where's Bernardo Silva going to play? As he's got to be in there. I, I, when I was, when I, was <laughs> I, I, thought, I think four-one-four-one makes it okay, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. probably true. Yeah, um, yeah. Bernardo Silva has to be in there. Salah has to yeah. be in there. Sterling has to be in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes, I mean I agree with all, all three of those. Hazard. Um, where would you put Hazard? Yeah, in? it's funny because you haven't necessarily got. A, an absolutely outstanding number, like proper number nine this mm. year, given Kane's missed a lot of football. Probably Aguero gets in there yeah. still, doesn't he? I suppose mm. if you can have a proper number nine. Yeah. You've always got too many wingers. So yeah. I don't know. It's not, I mean, they'd still be a decent team, wouldn't they? But you'd, you'd want to get Bernardo Silva, Sterling, Hazard and Salah all in there. And one of those guys has got to give. So. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah you'd give, give someone a floating role. But, uh, <laughs> but it'll be a jumpers for goalposts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's, what's interesting for me when you, when you look at the number nine, uh, I mean, I, I, I would Aguero would be the, the man for, mm. for me to get it. But Bamiang's, uh, you know, scored a lot of yeah. goals. Really has. But he probably should have scored more um, mm. and, and in a better side would have done. But I, I think on balance of this season, you're just, you're just squeezing Aguero in there. OK. Let's sort of pull this all together now and look towards next season. Um, what's your one wish for next season? Uh, I'd love to see. Um, I, 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 what I'd really love to see uh, is, is a Leicester or a Wolves battering it down. Solskjaer said he, he, th- he thinks United might, even in a moment of sort of over honesty, you know, we're going to struggle to finish top six next season. He basically said, didn't he, Solskjaer, mm. a few weeks ago? And I, I agree with him. I'd like to see a Wolves or a Leicester or anyone really, you know, from outside the top six. Because one disappointment about when, when after Leicester won the title, you thought more teams are going to. Mm believe in it and go for it not just winning but not obviously winning the title might be outlandish but mm. but to believe they can break into the top six and finish top six and no one else has even looked remotely like doing it really even this year they were a long way back but I think Wolves and Leicester in particular if I had United I would rather be starting this summer with Wolves or Leicester squad and work on that than Manchester United squad so therefore you would hope they might sort of sort of you know go for at least top six and if not top four. Mm. That would be good. And I think with Brendan Rodgers, given, given the fact that he's going to have the pre-season to work with them this mm. year, what he's achieved with that Leicester side uh, in, the, in the last few weeks suggests that they will do well. But yeah, if the wire goes, then, you know, then, you, then you're starting rebuilding again, aren't you? So, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think just more competition for me, more, a more competitive yeah. Premier League yeah. um, uh, because I, I do think, as, as Dave says, you know, there's so many, so many teams who don't go for it against. You know, we, we go to cover games, and, and you, yeah. know, you know what you're going to write. You, you're not, yeah. you know, it's very, very rare now. You come away thinking, I've just been shown something that I didn't yeah. think would happen today. Yeah. Um, City yeah. scored 169 goals in the season. Now, in all competitions, they've scored. You now, this is not just Premier League, but they, but they scored. Um, Six goals on eight occasions, and and five goals on three more occasions, and 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 really, you know, there's too many non-competitive games, particularly involving City. Yeah. Well, this isn't going to happen, sadly, but for me, the game has got to stop holding fans to ransom. Club owners and the governing bodies are taking them for granted. They'll regret their greed and ignorance in the long run. Thanks for joining us here on the Football Writers Podcast. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.